Hale Varsity Radio every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hale Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hale Varsity Radio. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Kicking off hour number two here on Hurt at Sports Radio, AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We are live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. That's DB. I'm Ravi Lula. want to tell you and remind you to get out to the Omaha Mavericks hockey. They have just four home games left this season starting tonight and tomorrow night with Colorado College, a top 20 matchup. Get your tickets now by calling the box office 402-554-MAVS or by going to omavs.com slash ticks. Let's pack the Baxter. Joining us now on the Warhorse Sportsbook Hotline is Adam McClintock. He's the college football professor and he's from Matrix Analytical. Adam, how are you this morning? Doing good, man. How are you doing? Well, you know, I'm just, it's, I'm good. <laughs> Shane's good. We're just kind of getting Robbie settled in here a little bit. He's, been a, a, a volatile two days for my explosive little friend over here. <laughs> Just don't mention Bo Jackson or Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine. That'll yeah, be fine. so you know, I, I, I wanted to lament and kind of wax poetic about Drew Christo in Nebraska baseball, and he's having none of it. I tried to transition a little bit into. Jay's in Nebraska basketball. He's having none of it. So I, I'm just going to let this die down a little bit, and we'll talk coaching because he's been wanting to talk to you all week. It, it's funny. He started this on last Thursday, and then we kind of got away from it. And then Monday he got on Shane again. And then Wednesday he's like, hey, where are we <laughs> with, with college football? I want to talk coaches. And, and so I think Shane was like, okay, I got it. So it's good to talk to you. <laughs> Very good to talk to you. Yeah, Adam, I wanted to start with uh, Deshaun Foster. He was kind of the, the biggest one in the late cycle of the, the coaching carousel. And I, I'm curious because obviously Tony White was, you know, mentioned in connection with that job. It, Deshaun Foster's resume on paper, at least to me, is a little light. How did you see that hire? How do your analytics kind of grade out Deshaun Foster? Well, as a head coach, we don't have any data on him, of course, because sure. he's never done it before, right? So um, that's kind of a uh, – we just have him as, as our baseline, you know, grade there, you know, where everybody starts off with. To meet with that screen by UCLA is they didn't have the cash to necessarily pay for some buyouts that they were wanting to, to maybe mm-hmm. explore. Um, Deshaun Foster, I, I know they, they were wanting to get something in place quickly, but – um, and Deshaun Foster, being being the alum he is, and being maybe a little bit familiar with the roster that's currently there, I think it was just a, it was a quick knee jerk move to, to to try to keep that roster in place. But that's kind of you kind of, to me anyway. That looks a little bit short sighted because you're you're trying to save you know a roster of you know for the next two or three years by hiring a guy you're hoping to keep for five to seven right at least. 
Um, so I don't know. In, in, in his case, Deshaun Foster is a good recruiter. So there is a, a, a way to staff a, a coaching staff for you. Your head coach is basically the, the figurehead for your recruiting department, right? And then he, but the, the way, only way to make that work is to go through and, and hire really good assistants. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, and once again, coming back to the cash issue, how much cash is going to be available there for him to go out and make those good hires? I mean, a, a good comp to this working is uh, Sam Pittman's first year at Arkansas when he hired a, a great staff, and, and he was just basically responsible for bringing in, in the talent because Sam Pittman is, is known down the southeast as a, as a dynamic recruiter. And now, and now he finds himself probably in, at the top of 2024's coach's hot seat list in Arkansas. It's weird how that works. I mean, I would, yeah, put, I him, I would put him up there. Yeah, exactly. He is, and, and, and the reason for that is because, you know, he lost those coordinators and some of those coaches off that first staff he had, and he hasn't, hasn't done the greatest job at replacing those guys with quality, quality coaches. Adam, I, you know, as you're, as you're kind of describing this model that they're sort of hoping to replicate with Deshaun Foster, the guy that came to mind to me was Dabo Sweeney. Is that a fair comparison in terms of, what, what, of, a, uh, of an example of that type of situation actually working? That's exactly that. That is the example. Um, you, don't, you know, Dabo Swinney was nothing but a wide receivers coach before he was promoted to head coach, or he was interim head coach at first, right? Yep, he and was then, interim for half a season, and then he, he got the job. But yeah, wide receivers coach before that. Yeah, exactly, and that that is a perfect example of this working. He he basically was is the figurehead of the, you know, uh, uh, maybe not the recruiting side of it now, since you know he's not necessarily a fan of NIL or, <laughs> or anything like that now. But but at the time, he. Yeah, but at the time, he was a, he was a great recruiter, and he was a great communicator. So that was that was their starting point, and then and then he he went out and he made some really good hires. He hired Brent Venables away from from Oklahoma. He, he you know he had Tony Elliott there, uh, offensive coordinator for a while. Um, like had a Chad Morris coordinator. after that, as well, yeah, offensive exactly. coordinator. Yep, yeah, and so he he made some really good coaching staff hires around him in order to make that work. That's um, I, like, like I said at UCLA, I, that's going to be tough to see that happen. He's got he's got some good guys on staff there right now, but um, I think the reason you haven't seen that staff fill out quickly is because they're they're dealing with a pretty limited budget. Interesting. So, like this go around for the hiring session, Adam. What happened with some of the the, the hot young guys from? I always worry about windows, mm-hmm. right? Like your window of opportunity to, if you're going to make a move. And I, I look at guys like Jamie Chadwell. It's a name that I was thinking, oh, you know, if you're looking for a sitting head coach and you want to make a move uh, of a guy that can put together a program, like what happened to like a guy like Chadwell this time around? Or do you have another young guy like that whose maybe window was, 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 is only open for just a, a, a short time? Well, Jamie Chadwell, I, I was with you. That was a guy that we really, you know, to a few of our clients that were looking for head coaches this year, we really, that he was, was always the name we brought up. And uh, it never really got down the road very far with him. And we're not really for sure why, because we don't get told <laughs> those reasons why. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think some of it is the programs have a really hard time getting past the the quote-unquote gimmick offense that he has i think Mm. and how 
you know, there's not a lot of NFL talent maybe that's going to come out of that offense. But you know, it's this is you're not worried about that if you're hiring a head coach. You're worried about winning ball games, and Jamie Chadwell does that. So I'm with you there. I, I don't understand why he is, has not had a, a you know a big break yet, and I, I think in the next cycle, if, if if he doesn't get it, then I mean, I I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Adam, is it is there any is is there part of this equation that like he sort of makes a lot of money for where he's at? Like Liberty pays him well for the level. They a lot of money at. there. They they do right that that they I don't know that people realize how cash rich that that Liberty is. He I think he makes like four million a year. That's kind of a lot for maybe some of the like. Is that part of the hesitation? Is oh we don't know if we can pay him. Well, no, because the schools that you know. For example, I'll just throw out, throw out an example. Um, uh, let's say Mississippi State mm, okay. was, was, was going out to hire him, right? $4 million is not a thing to, to For to them, to okay. School. Okay. I mean, it's for, for a G5 school, $4 million is, is a lot mm-hmm. for, for a head coach. And he's, high, he's, he's very well paid for that. But um, you start getting into the, what we call Tier 1 schools, which are the, the, you know, the new SEC and Big Ten. The $4 million for a head coach, I mean, isn't all that much, especially when you when you look at you know coordinators like Ryan Grubb who are making upwards of two million. How, how about his How about his month? Like if you just want to like, pick thirty days of Ryan Grubb from college football playoffs to you know to when Alabama. he finally wanted mm-hmm. to land the job that he apparently had his pickings of. How it'd be good to be Grubb, wouldn't it? Oh man, yeah, that guy was one, he's one of the best in the country at what he does. I mean. Yeah, it's and that he follows kind of a trend we've seen this year. It's been kind of a weird coaching cycle. Very much got, so. Yeah, I mean, you got you got sitting head coaches at the G five level who are leaving to take Power yeah. Five coordinator and 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 sometimes just position coach positions, and then you have a, you know an influx of I know coaches from from college to the NFL isn't a new trend. But there have been a lot more high-profile coaches this year leave college football to go to the NFL than there has been in the past, um, which is which is which has been really really interesting. So, and Greb was one of those guys. I mean, he would have been great at Alabama. I would have loved to see what he could have done with Alabama's talent. But uh, now he's up in Seattle, and, and hopefully he didn't break his lease when he when he left Seattle to come down to, <laughs> to Alabama. <laughs> let me let me ask you something about a guy. And I don't know if there are guys that defy your analytics or some guys you have to revisit, but how curious a case is a guy like Josh Heupel, right? Like, does your data kind of foreshadow or dictate how his career has gone? Or is does landing at Tennessee and kind of changing uh, the, the environment, has it benefit, hurt? Like, where are you with a guy like Heupel in terms of your analytics? Well, Heupel is a guy that we've always liked as, a, as an offensive coordinator. Okay, now he got paired at times. You know, he started after he left Oklahoma. He started at Utah State, right? Had some success there. Landed in Missouri. Was 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 you know, put up some big offenses at Missouri. Um, the problem he had as as a coordinator coming up is his pace of play was so fast that he ran his defensive coordinator ragged. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, Barry Odom at, at at Missouri experienced that, and that was a lot of the reason that why uh, 
you know, that, that relationship didn't work out great. You know, Odom's defenses fell apart <laughs> towards the end of, the, of, of, of the, his regime there just because of the pace of play was so high. Um, going into Tennessee as a head coach, he has been able to rein that in a little bit. And, you know, I, I don't know if he – I assume he still calls plays, but it's at a much slower clip than it was at Missouri and Utah State. So maybe he's evolved a little bit into – into uh, understanding how, how to, to play um, more complimentary football, um, you know, as, as we kind of – that's a term we hear around Lincoln a lot these days. Um, slowing down his offense enough to give his defense a break and, 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 and allowing them to, to, to be successful on the field. We have him as a he's, – he's, he's, he's done really well as a head coach. He's, he's in the top 15 head coaches we have graded right now. We're talking with Adam McClintock. He is the college football professor and co-founder of Matrix Analytical. Uh, Adam, I-, I wanted to ask you about, you know, you mentioned some of the head coaches taking coordinator jobs and uh, specifically Chip Kelly, right? I know he was kind of on the hot seat because they tried to fire him and couldn't. Uh, but how do you evaluate a guy like Chip Kelly moving back down to a coordinator spot? Like what do your – what are your metrics and, and I guess your eye test tell you about how that might work out at OSU? Well, I mean, at UCLA, Chip never gave up play calling duties. Mm-hmm. So um, basically that just rolls right over in, in, into, into what we see him doing at Ohio State. Is play calling, you know, Chip has never given up play calling. Uh, so what he did at UCLA um, still translates over to what he did at Ohio State, and I expect him to put together some pretty scary offenses at Ohio State. Um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. It's interesting to see how he and Ryan Day get along because you know Ryan Day is used to being a play caller as well. So, I mean, that relationship can can, can, can sometimes get a little rocky, <laughs> mm-hmm. especially you know Chip is kind of a no nonsense guy. So. Um, I'm interested, as interested as anybody to see how that translates at Ohio State, but we expect that to be a, uh, a success at Ohio State. Even more so, this is a big upgrade over Bill O'Brien, what they had before. Let me ask you about Glenn Thomas. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting because the collegiate data gets a, a, a break from pro stints, and it started out with a pro stint. How, how do you feel about the fit? And do you have to factor in the co-deal with, with Satterfield statistically when you're looking at a, a hiring of a guy like Glenn Thomas? Um, the Glenn Thomas hire, like you said, it's a fit. Um, a, lot of, a lot of the things that, these, that, that this data can't see is chemistry. You know, yeah. um, and communication between coaches, that's a lot of things that the numbers just can't quantify. Um, you know, the, the, the quickest way to, to, to stop progress is to, keep, is, confu- is to confuse communication. So if you can keep communication constant throughout that staff, that has to count for something, but the numbers can't capture that. We, we like Glenn Thomas. He, um, he was an a, a, a above-average quarterback coach in, in, uh, in, in, in college. His, he has a great uh, progression year to year, which is something we really, really pay attention to, which means his quarterbacks, um, you know, I think it was like a, I think it was around 8% per year progression um, year over year um, in, 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 their, in, their, in their production. So 
I really like what he did in the college level. We don't track NFL numbers because the NFL is such a different game with so many different factors than, mm-hmm. than, than college. So we kind of leave that over to itself. But um, I, I really like what he's done in, in, in the college game. I think he'll be an excellent uh, addition to the staff. A lot of guys out there in 2024. I, so now it's like I'm a little paranoid, right? I, I, I did. I told Ravi and some of these guys that have asked me close over under in years for Tony White at Nebraska. I put it at one and a half. I, I, my heart wants to take the over, obviously, being personally invested. But you got, you know, got guys like Narduzzi and Clark Lee and Sam Pittman and Dave Miranda. You've got Napier. Yeah, I mean, Pittman. <laughs> you got some guys where some jobs could be open. You Do you expect this to be a pretty volatile year for some really good jobs? Because – on paper, it seems like there could be some potential openings. Yeah, I don't know if I'd put I mean, Clark Lee and Vandy, at, you know, or Pittsburgh with, with Florida, but I'm just saying, generally speaking. Generally speaking, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of, uh, you know, rent due notices coming coming for some of these coaches, you know. So, um, I, I think I think Baylor is is you know one of the top of the list there. Um, anytime. Are you surprised he, that he struggled? I am. Me too. Because you know he he started off really well, and he I think he is 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 once again a, um, a a victim of he hired really well. His first staff was he hired really well there. It slowly got cherry picked, mm. and he was slow to backfill it. So a lot of a lot of first, especially first time head coaches like like Aranda was right. That's what trips them up is that they hire really good first staff. Okay. Then when they're in the storm and things are swirling around them, and then all of a sudden they have to go out and then restaff again, that's where the challenge comes in, and that's what we do at Matrix Analytical is to help those guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, Adam, I we talk a lot about obviously the head coach and coordinator positions, but um, you, you talked about what you guys kind of do at Matrix Analytical. Who are some, and they don't have to be your guys, but who are some of the kind of down-the-line hires that you think people did the best job with this year? Well, um, just at any, any position, position coaches, yeah, just, coordinators? Yeah, okay. any, any non-head coaches that you thought were particularly good hires this, this cycle? Well, I'll give you a real sneaky one that people probably aren't talking about. A couple of them, okay? Don't um, say Tim Brewster. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be something, um, though? Because, I mean, Kirk's got to know what he's doing. Yeah, uh, Tim, Tim Lester. Yeah, he, I said Brewster. I meant Lester. Yeah, I mean Lester. It's a big upgrade over what they had before. The thing about Tim Lester is his numbers are actually pretty decent in in, in our system, especially his, the last couple of years. It's kind of sneaky. Uh, yeah, he, I know. I know. And, and, and you look, you look at, at his at his career. He has really wide goalposts. So he can be really, really, really bad, but he mm. can also put out some really, 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 really good numbers. Mm. So with a guy like that, we, we if, if Iowa would have been our client, we would have said, okay, interview this guy, um, see what you think. It's, it, it's a you call on this one because his goalposts are really wide. We don't know what to expect. <laughs> mm. So um, now a couple other really sneaky good hires down the road in Lawrence. Okay, they lost. Scott Fuchs, you know, their, their offensive line coach, the NFL. They went out and they hired uh, Daryl, uh, I can't pronounce his last name, Alpaga, Alpaza? Alpaza, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
from Northern Illinois. That was a really good hire. Mm. That was a really good hire. We've, we've, we've liked him for a long time in Northern Illinois, and he finally is getting his chance at the Power 5 level. Um, another guy that just happened, another hire that just happened this morning from a guy that uh, we really like. Wisconsin got their uh, defensive coordinator, or I mean, defensive line coach, E.J. Whitlow from Air Force. That was a really good hire. That was quietly. His staff is legit. No, DB. That Wisconsin <laughs> staff. I, hey, they're they're top five in the country. You, you don't have to tell me. I, I that was probably the that was the outside of Kate. That was the one school I was probably fearful of because you could you could see it. They speak it. It's very clear the direction that they want to move with their staff. Very, very clear. Once again, we come back to the communication element of it, of it, mm. and you know, it's you want progress. You can keep the communication lines clear and open, and and it uh, it usually follows. But um, man, that that is a really good staff, and they just they just added to it with EJ Whitlow. I already think Hitchler's a stud. I mean, yeah, he's he's right there on par with Trestle, and I know Trestle gets a lot of the run, but Hitchler, he he's pretty. They're they're legit. No, yeah, that whole staff is 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 is, is very impressive. Um, you know, Luke Fickle has has done a really good job of not only has had did he did he field a, a great staff to begin with, but he's backfilled it now a couple times with guys who have left with more quality guys. Hmm. So he knows what he's doing. He's He's going to be a headache in the Big Ten at Wisconsin, either you know sooner or later. So. Size this up for me because I, we, you know, we talked about this with hoops and and the Big East and their coaching prowess and the Big Twelve and at the top. But when you look at the Big Ten's coaching prowess from head coaches and as you've stated numerous occasions, your assistants are very important. This on paper looks like a very difficult conference to coach in because of it seems to be a lot of quality. Uh, yeah, I mean, we have the Big Ten is the Big Ten. Is, big, okay, the Big Ten is is a shark tank of coaching. Okay, mm, really? when we have it when we, when 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 we when we have a a Big Ten client come to us asking us for help, that's the conference we usually don't send new coaches to because they will get eaten alive. Mm. <laughs> it's, Great, it's it's a tough tough conference. It's 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 the best coach conference according to our data. In the country, seems like it. It's and you're adding. It was a lot more scary when when Dubur was at Washington. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But oh yeah, that didn't like, bother me at all. I was like, oh okay. Lose Harbaugh and Dubur in the same cycle. I don't. I was hoping they made moves at Oregon. Like, <laughs> is there another job you want or some big openings? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know, it's it, it, I, as a, yeah, as a you know, I, I had to be. I have to, I have to stay neutral, but. When I'm looking at these numbers and stuff, but as a Nebraska fan, I was not, you know, my heart didn't hurt at all to see him go to Alabama. <laughs> Get him out of the league. Uh, Adam, we appreciate your time. Really good stuff there, as always. I'm sure we will catch up again soon. Awesome. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Adam. That's Adam McClintock. He's the college football professor. Uh, get a little smarter when we talk to, yeah, to Adam. Yeah, Lester seemed like a good hire. Yeah, I, I mean, it's easy to clown 
Iowa just because they're Iowa, right? I don't but, say anything until we start winning more. Yeah, that's fair. And that's totally <laughs> like, fair. God. I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't take any shots. There might be a little bit of like Schadenfreude there with uh, with the Iowa hate and I, stuff like that. Wisconsin, I know, is good. Yeah. I'll be curious to see. So you know, who I think comes way, way, way back to the like they may be in trouble. Who? Ready? Michigan. Minnesota. Oh yeah. I'm a little worried about Michigan next year. Being a monster or coming back? Coming to back pack? to the pack a little bit. Well, I mean, there's no place to go, but... Well, but down, right? But I, I think they might come further down than people realize. Minnesota may be in that, that four-win range. And P.J. won it out. Like, and weird things up there. We'll get into more on Herd at Sports Radio coming up next. Hail Varsity Radio, every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hail Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hail Varsity Radio.